Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today we're going to hear four testimonies of people that have had NDEs. I love these stories because they're so inspiring. We're going to start now with the story of Nancy Rhines. Now she appeared on the Megan Kelly show. So here now is a testimony of the NDE of Nancy Rhines. We are talking today about near-death experiences, and now we have the story of Nancy Rhines. Nancy grew up in a Midwestern Catholic family, but distanced herself from the church, and for years considered herself an atheist. But in 2014, something happened that made Nancy reevaluate her faith. We will meet her in a minute, but first, some of Nancy's story. It was January 3rd of 2014. I'll never forget that morning. <laughs> It was a beautiful sunny day. I decided to go out on a bike ride. I needed to do some errands around town. There was a little voice inside of me that just said to not go out riding that day. I don't know where that came from, but I ignored it. (laughs) I got about a mile, well, not quite a mile from my home, and I could see some traffic coming in on the right. At the very last minute, I realized that first car wasn't going to stop. I knew in a flash that I was going to die right there. It was a woman driving a a big SUV, and she hit me broadside. I put my hand out like this to try to veer off my bike the other direction. I ended up flipping onto the top of her hood and looked in. I think she was so focused on her phone that she didn't know that she had hit anything or anyone. So I ended up pinned between her vehicle and the road as she drove. As my shoulder hit the pavement and my body hit the pavement, I had an interesting thing happen. I had what, what I call a sense of dual consciousness. Me underneath the vehicle, you know, being dragged under this vehicle. But at the same time, I saw the whole accident unfold from a position of 50 to 75 feet outside of everything. I see myself laying under the vehicle in pain and screaming. I saw a woman struggling to hang on to life. Nancy Rhines wrote about her story in her book, Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you for being here. So that moment you described as dual consciousness, was that, were you, was your heart still beating? Were you still alive in that moment? I was still alive in that moment. That's why it really kind of freaked me out a little bit. I hadn't, I hadn't had any um, 
I had never felt anything like that before. It was nothing in my lexicon to describe what this was, but I was still alive, yes. And then, and it was almost, unfortunately, it was only a preview of what was to come. Right. <laughs> three days later, you had a major surgery. Right. And what happened? So during the surgery, my heart rate uh, stopped for a brief time and my breathing went to zero. My blood pressure dropped precipitously. And it was in that moment that I found myself waking up and I thought, wow, this is great because around me was this beautiful hillside surrounded by flowers and trees and a beautiful mountain range in the distance. And a, and a sense of peace and love and welcoming that I had never felt before. And I knew something was different. And, and like with Sherry, it wasn't, a, it wasn't panic, it wasn't fear. It, no. It wasn't scary. No, not at all. No, I felt a little confused at first, and then I thought to myself, I must have died. I wonder if I died. And, but then if I did, why am I here? Because I don't believe in any of this. Right. I'm an atheist. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Could it be I was wrong? Exactly. And, and what about that? Because what you, you came back. Right. And what, what information did you take away from that? What lesson? Well, I was welcomed in to heaven, what I call heaven, immediately. When I had that thought of, I wonder if I died, and if I did, why am I here? There was a welcoming voice that said, because you are my child. This is your home. Welcome home. Was there hesitation about returning back For here? For me, yes. Like you might have just stayed there. I, there was a part of me that really wanted to stay because of the peace and the love the love was incredible and the connection to everyone and everything was incredible. I was connected not only to my family here on earth, but also to everyone else in that place. So what made you come back? What made me come back was that I had agreed to do this before I was born. And I was reminded of that while I was there. That you had more business left to finish. Right. <laughs> And I said to, there was a, at some point a womanly guide came and, and kind of helped me out. And I said to her, I don't remember agreeing to do this. And so she showed me on this kind of a screen in the sky of me standing in front of all of my family and friends agreeing to do certain things. And this was one of them. Do you live your life differently now as a result? Completely differently. How? I, I actually take a lot more risks. <laughs> not, not, in a, not in a bad, like, you know, put my body in danger way, but, but I realize that, again, I don't want to let fear run my life. I'm much more loving. Yeah. <laughs> much more loving. Incredibly. Um, my, my capacity for love has increased multiple times. I mean, just an incredible amount of love for everyone and everything. And I'm at peace. I'm just, I live every day from a state of peace oh. and love and joy. And faith? And faith, definitely. Faith that changed almost immediately. I'll bet. Yeah. Wow. So glad you're well. Me too. And here to tell us a story to, and <laughs> to in, in finish your important business. Thank you. All the best. Next, we'll hear from Cynthia Bush as she explains her NDE, as she tells it, on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Yes. What happened to you? 
Well, um, I got up on my birthday on July 17th and I wasn't feeling very well. I was kind of feeling under the weather. And I took some medicine and I found out I was deathly allergic to it. And I didn't know it at the time. And um, I paged my husband. And from there on, I just started going in and out. I started to black out. And the next thing I clearly remember was being in the hospital. I knew I was there. I could hear things, but I wasn't really conscious. And then the next thing after that, I remember was seeing myself on the uh, emergency table, and they were working on me, trying to revive me. And I, I keep trying to have one of those experiences without having an accident or anything. So I keep trying to. I mean, I said, let me leave the body. Let me leave the body. But so I want to know, when you leave, do you... I mean, when you leave, are you con you're conscious that you've left? Yes, you know, but you don't understand why. You're kind of in limbo. So who's on the table then? You're down there, but your conscious mind is up above looking down going, why am I down there and up here at the same time? Oh, really? You can't figure out, where are you? What are you doing? When I'm right here, but I can see myself down Do there, it doesn't make sense. Do you think I must be dead? You, I, at the time, did not know. I couldn't understand because I didn't remember what had happened to me. Uh -huh. I couldn't remember anything. Okay. And then I started hearing conversations. I went to look for my husband because that would be the first person I would look for. And I saw him talking to the doctor about me. And I started to listen in. What are they talking about? And they were saying, um, we're doing everything we can for her, but we don't know. And, of course, my husband got upset. And uh, I saw what, I have four children. I saw what my children were doing. What were they doing? They were kind of running around like four children would do. <laughs> and um, the doctor just said, we're doing everything we can. And he turned around and left. And I watched to see what my husband was doing. And uh, he was kind of upset. And he was talking to the kids. And I followed the doctor back into the emergency room. And they kept saying, I don't know, you know what to do with her. And you know, I don't know what the problem is. And they gave, gave me an epi, um, what's called an epi shot, if you're it's allergic to like uh, bee stings and things like that. And they were trying to bring me out of it. And uh, I, I guess it didn't work right away. And it took some time to bring me out. Now, when did you see your grandmother? After I talked, after I saw the doctor talking to my husband, um, I kind of drifted off for a while. And I, I guess I closed my eyes. And all of a sudden, the next thing I remember was standing there. And I saw this long hall and this bright white light and lots of clouds. And then all of a sudden, I saw my grandmother. And I freaked because I knew she had passed away 13 years ago. And then I really panicked. I thought, I must be dead. How else would I see her? And I remember- You saw her, saw her body in human I form? I saw her standing right in front of me, clear as a bell. And uh, she looked wonderful. And I, That's I good, said to her- That's good, because I often wonder on the other side, with all the spirits, with everybody being the same and all the spirits and souls being the same, it'd be hard to recognize people. Oh, it, it was very clear. I knew very who she clear. was. She came right up to me and she said, uh, Cindy, you, you shouldn't be here. You, you go back and take care of your family. It's not your time. And I kept saying, Grandma, why am I here? And she said, there's been, a, there's been an accident, but uh, it'll be explained to you in time. Just, just wait, but take care of your family. She kept trying to tell me to go back. So I turned around and I went back, but I couldn't figure out until I came out of this, I sat and thought about it. Then I realized what had happened. What had happened? Well, basically, I was just in limbo that I had made the decision, I feel consciously, not to stay there. If I would maybe put up a fuss, maybe I wouldn't have come back. But and I so wanted to raise you came family. back being more psychic? I don't know if you would call it psychic. Some... What do you say? She just has an uncanny ability now to know what's going to happen 
sometimes a few hours ahead of time, sometimes months in advance. And usually things that involve the family. Like, like she said, she was sent back to take care of her family. And now she knows, like, like recently I was transferred with my job. She knew about it long before I did. Or she knows things that are going to happen, whether it's work, church, the kids, or whatever. She knows about it ahead of time. She doesn't always tell us. She may not tell us till afterwards. Sometimes she tells us ahead of time. But she seems to know things more clearly and understand things clearly than before. We'll be right back with more of this fascinating topic right after this. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. Next, we'll hear the story of Lonnie Leary, who tells her NDE story at a conference. So here now is Lonnie Leary sharing her story of her personal near-death experience. Oh, it was a long time ago. So uh, I was uh, 29 years old. I went to the doctor's uh, dentist's office. They were using laughing gas at the time. I had uh, never had a drink. Uh, never used drugs, never smoked, hardly ever took aspirin. I think my body just um, said, what is this? And I went into anaphylactic shock. So one minute I was in the dentist's chair, the next minute I was up on the ceiling looking down at this body. And then as I looked at my 29-year-old body, I felt as though it was just a piece of clothing. I had a fondness for it. I knew it. I had used it well, but it was time to go to the Salvation Army. I wasn't connected to it, um, and I, I, ha I felt no, no fear, no pain, no anxiety. The, doc, the dentist was kind of freaking out, and I was trying to talk to him from up there and say it was okay, but of course he didn't get it. As if that would help. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and I had also within this, this, I had no sense of time. There was no anxiety. There was no sense of passing time, so I don't know how long I was up there in the corner, but um, the next thing I knew, uh, it was as though I had turned around and I was going into a tunnel and my mother who had been dead for 15 years was right at the tunnel. I can still see it. And uh, she was beautiful and whole and vibrant and healthy and she did not die that way. She was healed and her arms were outstretched to me and uh, we communicated telepathically, so our mouths didn't move, but I thought, and she received, and she thought, and I heard. And I thought, I miss you. And what came back to me was, I know, <laughs> as though her arms were around me. And I was not able to tell her I loved her before she died. And I said, I love you. And she said, I know. <laughs> and my ego was not present, because my ego here would have said, I wanted to stay with my mother for years and years and years and tell her every single first date I had and my wedding and all about my child. The ego was not present. 
because I knew from a soul level at that moment that she had always been with me. We had never been apart. I, I knew that. I still know that. And so with that, I, I was drawn into a tunnel that, to me, the, the words I can describe it are almost an opalescent blue, beautiful, beautiful. And at the end of the tunnel was a, pin, a pinpoint of light, and I couldn't do anything but go toward it. And so I went toward this light, and as I got to this light, it became bigger and brighter, almost like looking into the sun, but I, it wasn't painful to look into this light. And the light was in front of me, and then the light was around me, and then I was in the light, and then I knew I was the light. That there, as a drop of water in the ocean is not separate, the light and I were made of the same substance. And I was home. It was... Bliss doesn't come close to the word, but I knew in that moment that I was forgiven for anything I thought was unforgivable. I was loved beyond all measure in a way that I'd never been loved before, and I wanted to stay there. And again, in the same telepathic way as with my mother, I heard a voice that said to me, and you can call this light whatever you want because words really get in the way of what it was, um, but this light said to me, you must go back. And with all the chutzpah I had, I responded and said, no. And the light said, you have work to do. You must go back. And again, I yelled with everything. I had, no. And then I felt and I heard like a churning, like I was in a blender, coming back down through the tunnel. And the next thing I knew, I was in the uh, dentist chair. And the dentist thought that he had resuscitated me, so he, he can have the credit. <laughs> Didn't how, how long did the dentist say you were? About 10 minutes. Oh. Wow. And, um, uh, and my life changed as a result of that. Now, when I came back, um, I was uh, disoriented in a way of, what does, now what? Because I wanted to stay there. And, and, and my sense was, if I got to be back here, it better be good. <laughs> and because it really, the, the difference, the comparison was that this is like sludging through mud compared to the ease and the love that's there. And it was shortly after that experience that, and I was having these feelings of now what, that I was reading a pay, uh, newspaper fully open. I turned the page and there was a full page article on hospice and the word yes just came up off the page and I've been working in hospice ever since. So that's my work, that's my story. Finally, we'll hear the story of teenager Crystal Merslock, who had her near-death experience at age seven. She recounts it here on the Oprah Winfrey Show. So here is Crystal Merslock. Experts say that no matter what age, we all follow the same steps between life and death. My first guest is an all-American teenager, but when she nearly drowned, her life was altered. Crystal Merslock claims to have seen heaven. Oh, yes. Um, when I was seven years old, I went to a birthday party, and we went swimming, and I went down to the, to the deep end of the swimming pool, and I got pushed in. I started struggling. I panicked. I needed to get back up to the top of the water. I needed to get air. And um, when I realized that I couldn't get in to the top of the water, I felt unconscious into deep. Mm -hmm. And from there, I, I was surrounded in blackness. I didn't know where I was, and I was, I was really scared. And um, 
from there, I, from there, I heard six noises that really scared me, and I wasn't sure what it was. And then suddenly, I, I, I was sitting against a wall, or, and at the at the end of the tunnel, I could, I was in a tunnel, and at the end of the tunnel, I could see this bright, radiant light, and the tunnel was filled with brightly colored bricks, and um, I didn't know what it was, but I was very curious and. Right then, I've, I was overcome with so much love and so much happiness and joy that I wanted to stay there. So I started crawling toward the light. And the reason I started crawling toward the light was um, I tried to stand up and walk, but I couldn't walk. It was, the ground was unstable. It was bumpy. And so I started crawling, and I, saw, I looked toward the light, and I see this lady coming, to, coming out of the light. And I just stopped where I was and just watched her come. And she came to me and she picked up my hand and stood me up and, and said, My name is Elizabeth. I am your guardian angel and I will help you. And from there, she led me down to, um, in, through the light to what I believe was heaven. And from right there, um, I was greeted by my by deceased relatives who had died before I had this, before I had went in the swimming pool. And they gave me hugs, you know, pat me on the back, said, we're really, we're really glad you're here, Crystal, you know. We're, we're really glad you made it. And, um, yeah. Did you feel like you were dead then? Oh, no, I wasn't dead. I wasn't dead at all. Um, it's, I didn't even think of being dead. You're still alive. Then I didn't even know I'd swim. I'd been in a swimming pool. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just overwhelmed by everything, by light, by just so everything what that was back? happening What to brought me. you back? Okay. Um, from there, I met two friends, Heather and Melissa. They, they basically helped me. They told me that um, this, they were going to be born soon. And, um, they were going to be born? Yeah, they were going to be born. And this... Were they like, um, did they have bodies or what? Well, they were the same as you and me. Oh. Um, they're, they're spirits. Did you have a body? As far as well, you knew? Yeah, as far as I knew, I, I was you and You me. were me? Yeah. You were you. Oh, that's right, you weren't me. <laughs> <laughs> as far as you knew. Yeah. And so these people told you they were going to be born? Yes, they did. And um, they said they were to be born soon. And... This is, that's what Elizabeth told me, my guardian angel, too. She, she told me this is the last chance I have to be a guardian angel before I'm born. And um, during the experience, anyway, to go on. Elizabeth was, was a guardian angel before she was born? No, this is the last time she would have to be a guardian angel before she was born. Then she was going to get born? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and um, anyway, I went and I talked some more and Elizabeth came and asked me, she asked me, Crystal, do you want to stay here or do you want to go back? And I thought, of, I thought for a minute, I thought how beautiful this place was because it was all in white. Everything was a glorious white, the most, and then it had lots of beautiful plants and flowers and a stream running through it with, you know, a tree on the other side. It was really, it was really great. And, um, I thought about all of this, and I thought about the love and the peace I felt, and I thought, no, I, did, I don't want to go back there. So I decided, to, I go, okay, yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay here. And um, then I started 
talking with people, and I thought for a minute, I thought about my mother, and I thought, I'll never really get to hug her again, I'll hold her. And I went back to Elizabeth and I said, no, I do, I want to go back. I want to go back. And she said, okay. So I went and talked with everybody. And um, during the experience, I can't remember the sequence of events, but I had a chance to look down at my body on the operating table. And I knew it was myself, unlike some of the stories you might hear. And I looked at the things they were doing to me. They were sticking tubes up my nose and through my arm and everything. And I didn't like it. I thought it was gross, so I looked away. You know, went on to other things. So you got back in your body after you decided yeah, you wanted to I see your mother. Yeah, after I decided I wanted to go. Um, I was still in heaven. Elizabeth tapped me on the shoulder said, it's time to go, Crystal. And I said, okay. I turned around and started walking. And then I, I was confused. I turned around and said, I don't know how to go. And then obviously I was back in my body because that's the last thing I remember. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Well, thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Any comments or suggestions you may have, you can send to the Watchman on the Wall 2020 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe so you'll always be notified of our future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.